0: Life-Giving Church. This is our little theme song that you're hearing in the background. And uh, it helps us, anything you do, rating the podcast, sharing it, all that stuff helps the word get out. We're not trying to build the name of a church. We're trying to build the name of Jesus in our little local community. And if you found this, I hope it's useful to you. Thank you, let's listen now. And I wanna talk to you today about uh, finding what you're looking for. I wanna talk to you today about finding what you're looking for. I... Uh, I'm a person who is very prone to losing things do I have anybody those they're usually late service people because they're trying to find their keys to get over here right now I'm a like just this week I I couldn't find my wallet for for like a week and then uh, I ended up finding it like under a book that was like on my nightstand and Kristen gave me that look she always gives me when I'm like hey I found my wallet she gives me that like kind of That look that it's like, are you getting towards 40 years of age still not capable of keeping track of your own stuff? Look, she gives me. Uh, I'm prone to losing my keys. I'm prone to lose my wallet. I am prone to uh, lose all, uh, you would, I'm, I've, I've gotten on planes before because I lost my wallet on the trip that I was on. One time I was on a trip and I left my passport in the thing. I was in London, England on my way to Romania on a missions trip and I left my passport. Uh, and my wallet in the little thing that goes through security, and then like somehow went and got on the plane. And then when I got to Romania, I had to like call the, the airport. Like Heathrow Airport, me like, hey, I left all my stuff. I'm really, really prone to losing things. And now you're thinking, and this is the guy that I came to listen to today, right? <laughs> but it's one thing to uh, be losing things literally. It's another thing to kind of have that feeling somewhere in your mind or in your heart, or that you're like, I'm still trying to figure it out. Some people are still trying to find the right relationship, the one where it feels like they're not doing all the work and it's two equal people. Some people are still trying to find the right job. Some people are still trying to find the right school. A lot of people arrive at Christmas time, the time when you're supposed to be satisfied, happy, secure, joyful. A lot of people arrive at Christmas time with that feeling like, I don't have it all figured out yet. Like, I'm still trying to figure it out. The human heart uh, was made to find something, and until you find it, you won't be satisfied. Mm-hmm. That the human heart was made to be looking, and this is why so often in our culture—I've talked about this before—but so often in our culture, when famous, rich people commit suicide, culture doesn't know what to do with it because. They say, well, wait a second, if the people who've climbed the mountain I'm trying to climb or have gotten the thing I'm trying to get, if they're miserable, then does that mean that even if I achieve my goals or find my dreams, then I'm, like, maybe still not going to be happy? Uh, A lot of us are looking for something, and we can't figure it out. And and I think in the Christmas story, I want to talk to you today about the wise men. If you have a Bible and you want to follow along, you're certainly welcome to, and I'd love for you to do that. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 2, the first 12 verses. Um, I don't want to be long today, but I do. A lot of people are trying to find something. I think that's what we see in the story of the wise men. I'm just going to show it to you a paragraph at a time. So it says in Matthew chapter 2, and verse 1, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying... Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. I see here in these first two verses something very simple, but many people are looking for something that they can't define. You see it? Many people are looking for something, but they can't define it. They have this kind of like, I don't know, but there's just something out there. This uh, story You may have heard it like it was a fairy tale, but it isn't a fairy tale. This is something real that really happened. After Jesus Christ was born, uh, the text says in Bethlehem of Judea, that's telling us where he was born, and that's significant. Where Jesus Christ uh, was born was significant because it had been prophesied in the Old Testament, and it was like to tell us that he came from the royal line. So the fact that Jesus was born in Bethlehem means that he was a son of David, the greatest king that the world had ever known. Uh, you know, remember a couple of years ago where it became real popular to do those uh, like <coughs> DNA tests that would tell you like some of your background and where you're from. Uh, I know this someone in my family uh, tried to tell me uh, that I have like a I'm like a fourth cousin of someone who was on the Mayflower. I don't know. I I don't know if that's supposed to be impressive or not. One time when I was in high school, I won an award from the Daughters of the American Revolution. They're like very proud that they can trace their heritage all the way up. I don't know, but we have this sense in our culture that uh, like where you're from and whose children you are is important. Uh, Like you can put those faces that I have on the screen. Each of these people, uh, if you know who any of these people are, uh, all of these people are successful people because what's the common denominator? They're children of other successful people. That's LeBron James's son, that's uh, George W. Bush, that's Miley Cyrus. Whether you want any of those people to be famous or you'd be fine to have never heard of any of them, all of them found their way into society not by the first thing that they did, but by who their parent was. And so when it says there in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1 that Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, it's saying to a person who really knew what they were reading This guy is in the royal line. It also says there that he was, uh, this is during the days of Herod. Herod was an unscrupulous tyrant, but had great achievements as a ruler. That's why he was, you might say it in your Bible, Herod the Great. So when this Jesus was born, it says there, Now I'm just still in verse 1, that wise men from the east, they, they came to Jerusalem. Now, this wasn't like they jumped a flight to Nashville for the day. This wasn't like they jumped on a a train or they got in a car. Most likely, they walked and maybe they were riding horses. And they made their way, a long way, to Jerusalem. And when they got there, they didn't say, we know right where they're going. When they got there, they said, where's this guy who was born the king of the Jews? Like, we, we saw a star, and uh, we followed it, and now we've come because we want to we worship him. Most likely, these are not wise men like gurus. Most likely, they're uh, students of the stars, like into astrology. Now, we view that in our modern world that's very scientific, the people who go by, you know, like, oh, you're such a Taurus, or whatever that like whole like weird thing is, you know, like... Your sign. We view that, most people do in our day, as being foolish. But in the ancient world, students of the stars were people who paid great attention and were very educated. And these educated people looked up in the sky. When was the last time you got out of the city to somewhere where you can see all the stars? Like all the stars, all the stars, all the stars? Uh, there's someone in our congregation who's spending Christmas in Finland because uh, they're going to go see the northern lights as they rise. Yeah, I mean, you think it's cool in the front row. I'm kind of like, it sounds sounds like a long way to go to just like something you could Google, but maybe that's cynical. Don't don't tell them them I said that. They could see things in the stars, and they saw a star that was so bright that they dropped everything to go figure out what's going on with this star. When we approach stories like this in the Christmas story, there is the part that is true from the Bible, then there's all the stuff that culture adds on. And this is something that uh, if you haven't been in church for a minute, welcome. We're thrilled that you're here. But one of the things that we work on hard at this church is pulling away all the cultural stuff that people add to the Bible and trying to read the real Bible. Uh, This real Bible doesn't say that Jesus was a Republican or a Democrat, and it doesn't say that Jesus was uh, a certain kind of person who only likes certain kinds of people. That's all stuff that culture has added along the way to fit their own ideas. And we're trying to kind of pull that apart here often. Uh, so this maybe I just want to pause here about the wise men. Uh, you ever played that game in like a get to know you environment, two truths and a lie? I'll put one of those together for you about the wise men. Just throw those on the screen. See if you can pick it out. See if you can pick out which are the truths and which one is the lie. See if you can pick it out. It's a setup. They're all lies. See? It's a setup. They're all lies. It's very clever, isn't it? The Bible never specifically says that there were three wise men. The Bible doesn't say anything about camels, and it doesn't say that they were present at the manger scene. All those are things that like, maybe got added to a movie. What we know is that they saw a star, and they went after the star. Now, notice that when they get to where they're going, they say, where is this person who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star, and we've come to worship him. Notice that the wise men describe who Jesus is, not what Jesus will be. They don't say, this guy has been born, and one day he will become a king. They say, this baby has been born, and he is already a king. Do you see the difference? We're used to people who are born, uh, I'm not big on the royal family. Like, I'm good. I could be good for like a whole year, take a year off from the royal family. Anybody with me? I'm good. Like, we get it. England. I don't know. We beat you in a bunch of wars. Like, leave us alone. I'm good. I don't need to hear anything about it. I'm good. Why is the royal family in so many countries so significant? Because there's someone who's born, and then if because of the family they're born in, sometime later, they're going to become a king. That's not Jesus Christ. He isn't born to become a king. He is born already a king. He's born already a king. That's what they're saying. They're saying... There's a baby, and this baby is a king. So I'm going to go to the next verse now, because they're trying to find something. So it says that when Herod the king heard this question, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Why? Because people who already have power are not interested in people coming along to disturb that power. He's troubled because he's like, wait, what king? I'm the king, what king? I'm the king, 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 what king? I'm, right? And so he calls an emergency meeting. Did you ever get, you ever get one of those? One of those? <laughs> Tomorrow morning, 8 a.m., if you get a paycheck, you better be there or don't expect to receive another one. Emergency meeting, look, do you see it? So he assembled all the chief priests and the scribes, and he says, now, okay, where is this Christ to be born? Where? The King Herod, he's a king of Rome, ruling over the Jewish people. So he's like, now, this prophecy, this thing that they say is going to happen, just tell me something about it. So he gets all the guys who might know together, and the guys who might know, they say, well, it's going to be in Bethlehem because it was written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, by no means least among the rulers, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. In your Bible, Matthew 2.6 is the same as Micah 5.2, written 1,000, more than 1,000 years before. So they knew that when the king was going to be born, the king was going to be born in Bethlehem. Notice that uh, Herod's men, here are these chief priests and scribes, they knew answers, but they didn't have faith. There's a big difference between knowing answers and having faith. So they were able to say, well, sure, we've read the books. So we know that when the king's going to be born, like, you know, prophetically speaking, we know that when the king is going to be born, the king that is going to be born is going to be born in Bethlehem. The wise men receive this knowledge with a, this must be a king, we should worship him. The scribes and the prophets are just kind of like, eh. It's just what, I'm, what I'm pointing at is the difference between intellectual assent and real saving Faith. I want to explain it to you for a second. Come here, Lance. Come on, bud. I'm so happy to see you. Come on, come on, come on. I'm so happy to see you. Come on. I know, you sat in the front row and you can't imagine. This is my friend Lance. Uh, he's like, uh, he's one of the characters here. He's one of them. So um, I want to talk for a second about the difference between intellectual assent and saving faith which is a different way of saying, you know what a person believes, not by what they say, but by what? What they do. So uh, we're headed here in a week to the new year. Uh, you, look like, you look like you could stand to lose some weight this year, Lance. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just making that up. I'm just making that up. It's not true. But let's just say for a second that you said to yourself, uh, I want to get really fit next year, way more fit. Or I want to... Uh, save a a certain amount of money for a special trip that I want to take, or I really want to change a certain habit. You know, a few people in this church could probably stand to quit smoking. So there's just like things that we get to the new year and we say, I'm going to change this, right? We all know what that thing is like. Now, the thing that is going to determine if you get more fit or if you save that money or if you kick that habit isn't going to be knowing more in your mind about it, right? I mean... You go to a bookstore and it's just filled with, here's all the different ways that you can lose weight. And here's all the different ways that you can invest your money. And the reason why so many people don't accomplish the thing that's in all those books or make all those goals isn't because they don't know enough stuff. It's because they don't what? They don't do the stuff that they say that they know. Real simple, right? And you see it here. You're good. Thank you, buddy. Merry Christmas to you. Welcome. Thanks for distracting me during the announcements when you walked in. They're able to say, well, sure, when the king is born, the king is going to be born in Bethlehem. Sure. But knowing the truth is a lot different than believing the truth. You see? I'm looking for something, but I can't define it or I might not be able to, I can't like hold on to it. It says then in verse 7 that Herod, he summoned the wise men secretly. So he kind of like pulled those guys to the side for a little post-meeting. And he said, now, when, when, when did you see this star? And Tell me a little more. And he sent them to Bethlehem. He said, go, go to Bethlehem and search diligently for the child. And when you have found the child, bring me word, because I too, you know what I want to do? I want to come and worship him too. So after listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose, went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. I'm looking for something. Maybe you feel this way this Christmas. I'm looking for something, and it's hard to find. So the king lies to the wise men and says, hey, can you just, when you find the baby, just let me know, because I want to come and like, you know, participate with you too. And so they, they're on their way to Bethlehem, and just imagine what this was like. They've been journeying for who knows how long, undoubtedly at least months. And all of a sudden, they see a star, and the star comes to rest somehow, supernaturally, in a way that made it clear to them exactly where they should go. Uh, Anyone in the room old enough to remember when you used to know how to get, used to like have to know how to get places? Do you remember how crazy that was? Like, where you actually had to know, like, you got to turn left to get over there. Uh, Kristen and I, when we started, like, driving, was in the age where you would, like, print out those MapQuest directions. you remember that? You'd print out, like, the one sheet of paper. And it was, they were always confusing, so there would be, like, 30 different steps. And now, I mean, we live in an amazing world. If you want to get somewhere, maybe you, this is your first time, or maybe you weren't totally sure how to get here, all you have to do is put the address in your phone, and then you get direction after direction after direction after direction. And so often, we don't know what it's like to feel lost like that, like the way you used to. In the old days, the old days, man, do I sound old. And I understand how that might make some of you feel if I feel old. But that feeling of being like, I don't know if I'm supposed to go left. I don't know if I'm supposed to go right. I don't know if I'm supposed to go straight. I don't know where to go. You have to stop and ask for directions or this kind of thing. These guys are trying to find this baby. And God supernaturally put a star in the sky. There's lots of different theories about the star. We want to stick as best as we can to what it says here in the Bible, which is that they saw something and it was clear to them where they were supposed to go. A lot of us are trying to find something. But maybe the thing that we're trying to find, like it hasn't, we thought we saw a sign, but it hasn't gotten us to where we want to get to. It's, it's hard to find. I'm sure there's people in the room today that have been accumulating possessions for a long time. You just tell yourself, like, I just, I just was hanging out with somebody this week who was like, oh, I just bought a lake house. And uh, they're like thinking, this is it now. It's all fallen into place. I finally got that last possession. Now I'm going to be happy. Some people are seeking after pleasure. Some people have been working in a workplace or a, a little environment for a long time, trying to build power. Uh, some of us think we're better than all that foolish stuff, and we're like, no, I'm just about people. And you're just trying to build more relationships and more relationships, and you're thinking tomorrow morning is going to be awesome because we're going to have 27 people gathered around the tree. Some of us are trying to find our way, maybe through like philosophy. You're like, I'm a deep thinker. I'm, I don't see things the way that other people see things. I see things other people don't see. However it is that you're trying to make it that direction forward, a lot of us are looking for a a sign or a clear set of directions that are going to make life different than it's been up until now. The wise men found what they were looking for because they could see what God was directing them towards. I wonder, maybe that could happen for you today. The story continues, verse 10. It says that when they saw the star, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Sounds excited. Rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. It reminded me, when I was preparing, it reminded me, last Sunday morning, uh, I was standing right here, and around... 11.30 11.30 or something, uh, the World Cup final was going on, and it was in overtime. And I was standing right here teaching to you know, a few people listening and a few people watching their games on the phone. And in the coffee room back over here to my left, all of a sudden I heard a whole bunch of people just like screaming all at once, like so excited. <gasps> it gives you this, ah, someone must have scored a goal. And I don't know if you saw any of this, but, uh, man, they, they know how to party in Argentina. They won. Did anyone see any of this, like the, the pictures or the videos of the people celebrating? And it's like every person in the whole country jumping up and down and having so much fun. Sports is probably the thing in our culture where we most see rejoice exceedingly with great joy. The only other thing outside of sports I can remember in my life that reflects that, I, I was uh, a college student downtown, uh, living downtown, when President Obama was elected. And I was out with some of my friends the night that he was elected, and it was like the party of parties for all the people that were excited about that. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Why? Because if you've been looking for something for a long time, it's really, 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 really exciting when you find it. And so it says that going with into the house... They saw the child with Mary as mother. Now, I just want to pause here. It gives the appearance that they just kind of burst in. Kristen, my wife, thought that was funny. Nobody else in the whole room knows. She was literally the only person that laughed. That's how loving and supportive she is. I love you so much. Thank you so much. That is so loving. I mean, that doesn't fit in my, like, 2020s vibe. That Like, these three guys got all excited. I mean, just imagine if three guys just burst into your house, or we don't know, four guys, six guys, however many of it was. They just burst in to your Christmas, that probably wouldn't go over super well. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary's mother. And then it says, do you just read it? And then they fell down and worshiped him. They were so overwhelmed with certainty that they had found the king they were looking for, that they couldn't help but get on their knees and to praise him. It's yeah. staggering. And then they opened their treasures. You may have heard this part of the story before. Do you know what the three treasures were, but without even looking? It says that they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Uh, Christians often have seen symbolic meanings in these, gold for royalty, frankincense for deity, uh, myrrh pointing to suffering and death. The Bible doesn't say anything clear about that. It's just this, they brought gifts and they brought their best. Maybe you're like super excited because you got a gift for someone that you care about and you can't wait till they open it tonight or tomorrow morning because it's your best. And then it just says at the end, this is the end of the story, they were warned in a dream not to return to Herod, so they went back to their own country a different way. What we see here in this last part of the story is that the wise men were looking for something that they couldn't earn. They were looking for something that they couldn't earn. This is the part, and we're almost done now, I know, we're almost done. This is the part that is so challenging for most of us to understand because you and me, we're used to transactional relationships, aren't we? We're used to transactional relationships. So we're used to they love me at my company because I sell enough whatever we sell this year that I made them money so they gave me some of that money and that's how the relationship works. And unfortunately, so often, even in families, if we're being honest, sometimes there's this transactional nature to the relationship. We get along because you do what I want you to do. We get along And it's hard for many of us to conceive of the reality that the gifts that the wise men gave weren't to earn anything. How could a baby give you anything for the gifts that you gave them? I always laugh, you know, when you see those videos or pictures that parents post of a first birthday party that they throw for a kid. It's just like hilarious because all this energy goes into it, you know, and they're like smashing a cake or like throwing cupcakes around the room. But they're not doing it so that the kid will like it or remember it because they won't like it or remember it. Why are they doing it? They're doing it so they can, like, we made it. We're not dead. One year, we made it. (laughs) Just, by all means, enjoy. Awesome. Congrats. Well done. But in giving the gifts to the baby, they couldn't get anything from the baby. Uh, We're uncomfortable with the reality that some things you can't earn because we like, it's a little easier if we can earn it, because that means I can do something about it. But this baby, who was already a king, Jesus Christ, let me say it to you this way, uh, there's like thousands of times in history, in almost every fantasy novel and in all kinds of stories all around the world, there are times where a baby became a king. But there's only one time in history where a king became a baby. And the message in the story of Christmas that these wise men found was not that this was this, like, special baby. It was that somehow, in a way, that's, like, hard to wrap your mind around, and if you're like, I don't know, man, I don't totally get it. Cool, I'm right there with you, to be honest. The great God of the universe decided that the very best way to save sinners like you and sinners like me, people who can't get it done on their own, who can't make things happen the way they want to, was not to come in in a powerful way that impressed everyone. It was to become something vulnerable that loved and served everyone. And he didn't stay a baby, but he started that way. And there's so much, I mean, we could talk for days and hours about all that, and we won't do that today. But I wonder how many people have not yet come to a place of worshiping King Jesus for who he is and for what he's done. It's really easy to become adjacent to faith and think that that's earned you something, but it hasn't earned you anything unless you accept who Jesus is and choose who Jesus is for yourself. Uh, One one story and then uh, we're gonna sing and then we'll be done. So whoever's playing the piano can come now. So uh, I worked for a couple years, um, for a couple years I worked at a church in Los Angeles and uh, for a variety of reasons, um, there was like a fair number of famous people who would make their way through the church at various times and uh, not like pretend, like I was on a reality show famous. We have a few people like that here, like actually famous, like actually famous, you know? Um, I don't know, no? Was that mean? I don't know, it's true. Uh, She's not here today. She usually sits over there. Um, <laughs> but I would, be, uh, I, would, I would sit up in the front row. This is a pretty large church. And I would sit over in the front row, kind of like right over here. And I, every so often, someone really famous would kind of come in and they would help them find their way to the front row. And you could kind of feel by the level of intensity of all the people around, like there was someone kind of famous, really famous, super famous. And I'll never forget this. One day, I was kind of standing there, and all of a sudden, I could feel this commotion, and I was like, oh, I wonder who's gonna come. And all of a sudden, like right here, right here, this close, right next to me, shoulder to shoulder, was Stevie Wonder. I know. it. And the older you are, the more impressed you are about that. And I can confirm, if you've ever fallen down that YouTube rabbit hole before, he's definitely, definitely blind. That's, if you've ever gone down that rabbit hole, trust me on that, that's for real. And he was standing like right here, and he was doing that thing, if you, if you know who Stevie Wonder is, a real famous musician. He was doing that thing where he puts his head to the side because he really liked the music. And I, we were, I was sitting next to him. And the whole time I was sitting next to him, If you ever I could like feel people looking at me. <laughs> you know that feeling? You ever had that feeling where it's like I can just, I just feel it, I can just feel it. Oh, I can just feel it. They're all looking, they're all looking, they're all looking. They're all looking, they're all looking. This is like a person who sold tens of millions of albums and has like all the money in the world and like blah, blah, blah. And for whatever reason, I could, like, feel the heat. I'm I'm telling you, I just experienced how it was. He's right here. And I could feel the heat of, like, a couple thousand people looking at me. And then it dawned on me, none of them are looking at me. (laughs) If I would have just disappeared right then, it would have changed the experience for no other person. I was just adjacent. And if I can just try to draw that to something... I can try to draw that to something. Just because you have been close to the story of who Jesus is doesn't mean that you've accepted who Jesus is. Just because your grandma prayed for you for a lot of years doesn't mean that you have what Jesus offers. Just because every once in a while you listen to a Christian song when you're feeling a little down doesn't mean you have what Jesus offers. Just because like you, you went, used to go to church for a long time and now you can tell all the things that are bad about church doesn't mean that you've... The only way that a person gets what Jesus offers. It's very simple. And you have to accept or acknowledge or you have to know that you're a sinner. You can't like do the thing on your own. That's more than just I made mistakes. It means that sometimes I knew what God wanted me to do and I did the opposite anyway. And you have to believe and choose that the only way for that problem to be solved is that the baby became a king who died on a cross and rose again on the third day. Christmas isn't the end of the story, Christmas is the start of the story for you and for me. So you have to say, I can't do it on my own. And if I'm Jesus is the only way. You have to be able to say, Jesus is the only way. And the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There is a heaven, there is a hell, There are people going to both of those places, and every person who believes in Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter what you've done, it doesn't matter how much you've messed up, it doesn't matter, you may be spending Christmas alone tomorrow because you've run off every person that ever loved you by your foolish choices, and Jesus Christ would love to accept you anyway. So, yeah, all right. Our time's gone. But I just want to encourage you, wherever you find yourself this Christmas, just like the wise men did, no matter how long you've been looking for it, you can choose to believe in Jesus Christ today. Would you bow your head with me? Mm -hmm. You can say it right now, even out loud, or you can whisper it in your heart. You could just say, I don't know, 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 but I believe. been in church a long time maybe but you've never gotten over that finish line of belief this is the first time you've been at church in a long time and you're like i don't know all the answers to all the stuff and to be honest i only didn't i didn't really like a couple of the songs even but i do feel like right now i believe whatever you're talking about pastor i just want to give a second to respond that we're going to sing if that's you today if you're like i don't i don't know all the answers to this but right now i'm saying i believe i'm not going to ask you to do one other thing i promise but would you just raise your hand so i could pray for you You're like, you know what? I believe. I don't know, but I believe. Yeah, I see people all around the room. Anybody else? I don't know, but I believe. All over the room, I see people with their hands raised. Another second here. I pray, God, that you would bring and cement into every heart raised the truth that we're talking about today. You'd help us to find who you are. help us to worship you you'd help us to believe in you and i pray it in uh in jesus name amen this has been the good news neighborhood podcast thank you so much for listening i hope you've enjoyed the song i hope it's been helpful to you we'll see you again soon this is good news